Welcome to Renaissance City, a Prowlers and Paragons actual play here on TTRP Theater. This series will consist of two issues. It's the Saint Shadow solo episodes. Jazz and I recorded these a while back, and going back and re-listening to them, it's interesting how much they fit into the story even before we had told some of the story. I'm really excited for you all to hear them, and I'm really excited to get the other solo episodes out there as well. Those will come later down the line, but uh, I don't have a ton to bring up here in the intro today, so really I just want you all to be safe and remember that we are available if you need somebody to talk to or if you if you want something to do during your quarantine, feel free to check us out on our Discord page. Check out old episodes of any of our shows on our YouTube page, TTRP Theater, and hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter. We're always active. We're always there. Okay, let's get into the show. Tonight we are going to have a little side quest. Um, I'm probably going to try to do a few more of these in the future. Um, you know, comic books tend to have multiple stories going on at one time, and these are all separate and independent characters, even though they all work together the majority of the time through the episodes that we've done so far. But... Um, Jazz and I wanted to do some recording tonight and, and tell a, a story about St. Shadow and, and kind of dive into how his world works and, and maybe some things that, that he's doing without the rest of the group. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Let's do this. So... Your sister spooks. Let's let's recap a little bit about her. Who who is she, and what do we know about her and your relationship so far? After a night of theater with his family, I was walking past an alleyway, and he saw. Uh, somebody who was living on the streets and as he looked closer at that person he noticed that they had one very defining genetic characteristic um, and that was she and Al and Al's father all shared the same nose Al asked his father uh, about it father denied him um, Al began seeking information um, trying to uncover this mystery of who this person was. It was actually during this time that Al developed a lot of his skills for sneaking and um, how to break into buildings, how to find information quietly, how to build a network of informants, etc. 
eventually Al found out that this woman who was born Maria Consta Gonzalez, but who was known as Spooks on the streets, um, was his half-sister. So Al began to visit um, her in in the community that she lived in underneath the bridge. However, he, he would only visit her as Saint Shadow. A lot of why he started to uh, steal from the rich was to support Spooks and her her community. And uh, so he would always go and, and he would leave food or clothing or money, just whatever whatever he could he could do. And he would always do it quietly and nobody would ever know that he was there. Spooks in part got her name because she um, she speaks to different people, uh, people who are there and people who aren't there. And so Shadow was able to develop a relationship with Maria because when she would tell others about her visitor and what they discussed, people were quick to dismiss that as her mental illness and not as the truth. And so it became a great cover for Al to get to know his half-sister while remaining completely anonymous and separate from um, the, this hero or, or anti-hero, depending on how you look at him. Uh, so fast forward um, many years and Al has his own money in, in part from his um, association with Shadow and in part because his family is wealthy. And he puts up Maria in a home in what would now be considered the suburbs of Detroit. It's a hospital home, but it's it's top of the line. Um, great medical care, great uh, mental health care. And she's safe and happy and well cared for. Um, and Al also continues uh, as Shadow to support the homeless and transient community of Detroit as well. From a relationship perspective, I think it's still somewhat surface because he only connects with her as Shadow and not as Al. Uh, however, he can't connect with her as Al because that would link her directly to his father, whom he's also trying to protect. Okay. He only can communicate with her as Shadow, which in to some degree delegitimizes the relationship, at least for others, but he and Spooks know that their relationship is real. Does Spooks know that Saint Shadow is her brother? Or does Saint Shadow just kind of keep it as if you are some kind of patron some kind of, you know, yeah, angel that. protector Robin Hood mm -hmm. thing. That's right. Angel protector Robin Hood. You know, that's, that is the role uh, that she knows him as. In fact, she's the one that coined his name. Okay. I dig it. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, she's the one that named him in the transit community. They're the ones that named him. Okay, cool. So, how does that affect Alabaster, though, personally? To have to keep that disconnect and not... 
I mean, especially after all these years, to know that this woman is his sibling, but yet never truly be able to connect with her as his sibling. The truth is that it's fuel. Alabaster has everything he could want. He's got money. Uh, he could do whatever he wanted in life. He could get an apartment. He could go get married. He could have a family. He is driven to continue to exploit the rich and give to those less fortunate because he is fueled by the fact that he could never, he could never have that relationship with her directly because it would destroy his family. So he would have to trade his relationship with his sister for a relationship with his father and mother. And he doesn't entirely blame his mom and dad for that. He blames the hierarchy, wealthy, classist structure. And it's what fuels and drives him to continue to target them for the for the the wealth redistribution <laughs> does alabaster's mom know anything about his father's infidelity alabaster has never had that discussion with her look edith was a matriarch she knows what's going on in her household some of the things are spoken and some of the things aren't but she probably knows more than most people would would give credit to in those days. But it's nothing that's ever been spoken of openly. As far as you know, they still are a happily married couple. Happily married couple. Although at that time in our culture, their their marriage was was not based on love. When they were born, it was arranged was more of a business arrangement, was bringing together these two families. And remember, this is very old money. Right. So Spooks' mom, Esmeralda, was really the love of Lawton's life. But that didn't affect what would be known as or considered a happy, successful marriage at that time in society. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, it's an interesting and, and difficult topic especially considering, you know, the centuries difference between then and now. Yeah. Um, but for the period, um, yeah, it, it, it makes complete sense. Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, they, they have a successful marriage. Information was not so easily accessible and out there for everybody. So, um, Nobody really knows about spooks. It's a, it was a very, a very well uh, hidden secret. You know, it's it's also that devotion to my family uh, that keeps me living in two worlds. If one side or the other wasn't around anymore, you would give up that duality. Well, I think if there was one person alive that Al loved he would not give up the duality. Gotcha. Because he's, he believes that the best way to protect his loved ones is for them not to be associated with the part that he knows is morally and ethically ambiguous. 
or opposed to either side of the family. Right. Because if it was found out that Alabaster Whitingale was Saint Shadow, what would that do to your parents? Oh, right. It would destroy them and all of their friends. Right. Who who Alabaster's been marking, right? Right. <laughs> who Alabaster <laughs> has been straight up robbing for a decade. Um, and it's, I don't know, does St. Shadow leave calling cards? Like, do they know that it's you that's doing it? Or is it just a, you're just so good at it and you just, you target the rich? I think until recently, it, it was a ghost. Okay. Um, nobody knew how these things went missing. And oftentimes they were very valuable, but not necessarily big. So a necklace, a ring, etc. Okay. And you are wise to, uh, and learned in antiquities and jewelry and, right. um, you know, fine art and those sorts of things. You, you have all of that education. And so you know what's worth money and what isn't worth money. Right. And plus I get to hear all about what they have at the parties and yeah, you see it all firsthand. The last time we saw Spooks, you had made a visit as St. Shadow to the hospital. And she was a bit upset for a few reasons. One of them, you hadn't seen her. She hadn't seen you in a few months. Um, which for the two of you, that was an extended period, right? Right. Normally you're there to check in on her at least once every week or two. And yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, no, I was just going to say at least uh, every month, Uh, at least, at least every month. Okay. Yeah. Um, she hears voices at this time. They would have diagnosed her in, in a variety of ways. Um, and you've you've made sure that she's in a facility that will do their best to take good care of her. You didn't just throw her into an asylum, um, which if anybody knows anything about this time period, um, the things that were happening to people with mental health issues were abhorrent. Remember, Shadow or Alabaster actually uh, bankrolls this facility. Right. Right. But indirectly. Indirectly, but that still makes, you know, that that still ensures that this place doesn't turn into um, a hall of torture. Right. Um, You know, a a common idea at this time was that um, electroshock therapy was important um, for certain diagnoses. And um, I mean, there, there were all kinds of bizarre physical, I mean, essentially tortures, you know, treatments um, that mentally handicapped people were, were subject to during this time period. And, and by funding this place, you have ensured that at least the people that are here are not subjected to those things. Yeah. I think he's influenced that 
where he could. But like you said, uh, medicine is an ever-evolving thing. And so they may have been doing some of that stuff because that's what the treatments were then, not because it was steeped in cruelty. Yeah, I mean, dude, the the amount of lobotomies that were done right. from the 40s to the 70s, I mean, it just became a thing. They were just like, nope, just, uh, just oh, she's not, hap- she's not happy at home um, doing laundry and, um, you know, vacuuming all day. She's, she's, she's sad about that. Well, give her a lobotomy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that was a fucking, that was a, that's a real thing. Unbelievable. Um, it's bizarre. Anyway, um, that's a whole other tangent. Speaking of tangents, you said something earlier and it, it kind of made me think about this. So now that shadow has been out in public are are people starting to connect him to the robberies in the past um i don't i don't think that's come up yet do people have a understanding of what 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 he is exactly or is he just a figure that's been at some of these public events um i think that well um what do you think? I think he's been part of the community for so long at this point that while you haven't necessarily been standing up and, you know, getting your picture taken for the front page of the paper, the name Saint Shadow isn't unknown. And, you know, I mean, especially within the communities that you help. And there are enough new people coming into those Hoovervilles and those, and those, you know, destitute communities all over the country, but a lot in Detroit, partly because there just isn't enough housing for all of the people that are moving there to work in these factories and, and try to fill these jobs that are just exploding in Detroit in the twenties. And so I, I think your name is in the public. I don't know how public Saint Shadow himself has actually been. Not. He's not ever. He's never he's never talked to a reporter or anything like that. He's been in public in terms of speaking and seeing people, but he's 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 never like put himself out there to be known. And also I like to think that there are lots of stories about Saint Shadow. And many of them aren't true. Like really extravagant ones that the public has created about these things of wonders that he's done. Like what? Like, like, oh, did you hear about the time that, you know, St. Shadow lifted an entire herd of elephants from the circus and dropped them on the mayor's lawn? You know, just weird, stupid stuff. Paul Bunyan kind of stories. Yeah, Paul Bunyan kind of stories. Okay, so not, but I'm sure there are some boogeyman stories too. Right. Do you string up petty criminals? Do you, you know what I mean? Do you do that kind of thing? Are you out there fighting for justice or are you you really just robbing the rich to feed the poor? Yeah, no, it's just robbing the rich to feed the poor. Feed the poor. Okay, so you're not point. so you're not a vigilante against crime. Um, but the, I think there are some boogeyman stories amongst the rich. You know, oh, like, yeah, sure. Like, oh, you better better be nice to your 
better be nice to your staff or say shadow will come steal your daddy's ring kind of stuff. Well, and, and, you know, at the, at this time in America, there was, there was such a, um, there was such a workers movement. Um, it was really starting to gain steam and the ideas behind socialism and, you know, sharing the wealth. That was also a, a very popular ideal in the late teens and early twenties. Are you being touted by, um, you know, labor leaders? Is that, is that even a thing for Sh- St. Shadow? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's pretty ground level. Okay. For the most, like, for the most part, like the things that are happening with King and Raymond are like the first time that he's really been out there in the public eye. He generally operates on a much smaller scale. You know, he'll go steal the precious piece of jewelry that's worth $3,000 or whatever that would equate to in today's world. Right. And he'll take a portion of that and totally like set up the homeless communities for like a month. And then the rest he invests through various channels. And he just kind of does something like this two, three times a week diligently and without fail. And that's kind of how he's built up this reputation and his wealth. In addition to other legitimate ways he has, like through his father, his education, um, et cetera. And so he's never really like, that's why I think that, uh, that's why I really see the public generally. He was, he was just kind of this figure of either like great achievements or you know, boogeyman of your material op, but he's never really been out there as like a bona fide hero or super type personality. Okay. So this, this whole adventure is, is new ground for him too. Completely new ground for him. Okay. See, that gives me, that gives me a whole other, understanding you know i mean that, that that gives me a whole new understanding um as to what's going on in this world it's one of the things i love about this game we we talked about it you know before we started recording tonight while i you know i have studied the city quite a bit and i know a good amount about the city and i know a good amount about the the major players within this setting um this whole game has we've kind of been running it as a play to find out kind of thing. Um, I try to throw out some hooks and some ideas and then we just run with it. Um, or we go shopping or right. Well, I mean, and that's sometimes where it ends up, you know, I mean, uh, that's sometimes where it ends up and it's the, it's the beauty of this game style. And it's something that I get thoroughly frustrated, but yet, intensely enjoy because we really are just improving through several hours of play every time. 
Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it makes it that much more interesting. I feel like it's why shadow is so awkward in these groups. Doesn't know what to say or how to act when he's around other people. He, he can't, he doesn't act like a proper human or like a proper hero or a proper criminal. Is it because he doesn't know what he's supposed to be? Well, he just, yeah. He, and he doesn't, he doesn't know how to do this part of his life around other people. Okay. It makes perfect sense. Not socialism, progressivism. progressivism. That, that was the word I was searching for. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. the, the ideal of progressivism that, that stemmed out of Republican politicians in the late 1800s, um, who were basically fighting against corrupt politicians. Um, that's how progressivism started. Middle class and upper middle class men and women who felt like everybody deserved to be treated like people and everybody deserved to be paid, you know, a reasonable amount of money. It's a shocking, shocking, isn't it? It's just a, just a shocking platform. I, I, who would want those things? Roll some dice. Yeah, let's roll some dice. Spooks had asked um, when the last time Shadow had been to the bridge. And Shadow had said it had been months. Yeah. And she told you that people were being hurt and that she wanted you to call the police and let the police know that people were being hurt. You weren't aware and... You had let her know that um, that you would look into it. Yes. How long do you think you waited before you went to the bridge? I haven't gone to the bridge yet. Okay. I stopped by that day and I had talked to George. I want to. I want to check back in with George. Um, I want to know if he's heard anything since I asked him about it which was probably a couple, three days ago. Okay. Shadow. George. Scotch. Sure. And he pours you two fingers and passes it across the bar. George, uh, we spoke two days ago. Do you remember? Yeah, of course. Any information? That was the day of the, uh, the day of the bank heist. Yeah. What a day. Wow, pretty wild. Glad to see you uh, upright and breathing. That makes two of us. Have you heard any information about what I asked you about under the bridge? I don't get a lot of regular people in here. You know, it's, uh, I mean, I know the Hoovervilles are growing every day. You know, I know uh, people are doing what they can to get by. You haven't heard any other, you haven't heard of any of these supers? giving tale of chasing some some guy out from under the bridge or foiling some plan. Men, most of the people I deal with that have powers just come here to hide. They come here to, to stay anonymous. I don't ask a lot of questions 
most of them don't tell a lot. You know, I mean, I'm I'm here because my sister, she had powers, and I just I want to give people a safe place where they can just be people. George, you're a good one. How's Phyllis? She's doing all right. She's a, well, she's a firecracker, but, you know, we get by. Did you get that plate of summer sausage I left for you? Oh, that was you? That was real nice. That was real nice. Thanks. Well, you know, I appreciate you, uh, and uh, if you hear anything, you let me know. And as always, take double out of the till for what the drink was. Now you're a sweetheart. And listen, you can feel safe here. You know that, right? You don't have to always wear the mask. This is a place for people like you to just be yourself. When he looks away... I would like to to roll to see if I can sneak out without him seeing me. Okay. Roll covert. Uh, how does six successes feel? <laughs> I mean, George is just a regular dude. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, tell me. Tell so me. He, he goes, Shadow, I want you to know you can feel, you can feel safe here, you know? Uh, this place is for you, too. Uh, you can take off the mask and he turned his head because he he thought he saw like a mosquito or something out of the corner of his eye. And so I want, and he came back and I'm gone. Quiet as a mouse. Quiet as a mouse. Quick as lightning. Like a shadow. Nice shadow. Yeah. George. I did it again. Every (laughs) time. Why I kind of got to bring up and take off his mask every time. Every time. Jules probably would have been a better person to ask. Jules? Yeah. Or if you want, um, you have street contacts as one of your perks, right? Is it a perk or is it an ability? Well, I I have streetwise as a talent, but then I have... Um, criminal contacts one one point of criminal contacts as a perk how many dice do you have in streetwise five let's make a streetwise roll alright uh two two dice two successes two huge successes two massive successes so do I do I get to tell the story with my two successes well, I think I think what you do is um, through that role, you kind of start looking for some other information, maybe through some contacts you have at local hospitals, maybe trying to find out if other people have been coming in with similar injuries, right, or. Um, if they found dead bodies with similar injuries, you know, because the, the way that those, the injuries of, of that guy who was ranting and raving at the, at the, the house where spooks is, you know, it was, it was almost as if his arms and his legs had been twisted and bent and crushed in 
all sorts of various ways. Right, I've, I've kind of been exploring hospitals and different um, social programs that, that take in the county jail, right? Like every everything. Yeah, do you have, I mean, do you have contacts? You know what I mean? I, I know that you have some political contacts. Yeah, um, I, I didn't give you any specific NPCs at that level. Um, but I would, I would think that Shadow has... You know, I don't know that you have cops on the payroll necessarily, but there, I, I would definitely think that there are. He's got a network of informants and rats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he definitely has contacts. Like maybe, uh, like I said, he doesn't have a cop on the payroll, but there's a couple of detectives. One of the detectives in particular who, you know, a $20 bill here and there, I can usually get some information out of. Yeah, for sure. For a 20? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You can get most anybody to tell you anything for a $20 bill. <laughs> I mean, hell, even now you can get most anybody to tell you anything for a $20 bill. That's true. <laughs> Let alone in this time period. It's, it's probably more like a, like a $1 bill. Yeah, like a five. You yeah, know like, I mean? a, you, like a fiver is like... That's somebody's, that's somebody's weekly salary. Right. He's going out drinking with the boys. Yeah. He's making his house payment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, you know, I just want to, I'm like, I'm going to the bridge, but I kind of want to just see if I can gather as much information about if I know why or who or what before I jump right into there. Um, no one seems to know who is doing this or why it's happening, but there have definitely been more instances of this happening over the last several weeks. Um, there, there have been more and more people admitted. Um, there, there are only a, a handful that have died of the injuries but that's just, you know what I mean? It, it could be more. It's not like the police are very welcome in these communities. Right. And while they do go in and try to keep some form of order, um, these shanty towns, these Hoovervilles, they're mostly filled with really desperate people who are doing what they have to do to survive. It's obviously pretty bad on the surface, what you can tell. Um, I think you have a suspicion that it might be even worse inside the communities themselves. And it's just not, it's just not being reported. Mm -hmm. So let's go down to the bridge during the day. Okay. As shadow, as shadow, I'm imagining that, you know, like any bridge, it's got uh, huge, large pillars that are that are holding it up. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to sort of find one of those pillars that's as kind of tucked away uh, in the back. So is that I'm, I'm obscured from public view. Are you trying to stay like high up? and out of the way or are you just like if you're going down there in your mask and your 
you know, and your in your outfit, you're you're gonna get recognized. Yeah, no, it's because it's during the day. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, I would think that Shadow would, you know, if you're just trying to gather some information during the day and and still be covert. There are ways to do that. You know, I'm I'm sure that you have ratty overcoat, and you know, you wrap your face in a oh, what are they called? You know, like you wear them in the winter. Like a scarf. Scarf, yeah, right. Yeah, you have like a ratty overcoat and a scarf and, you know, and you and yeah. you put on a... That's what um, I'm doing. I'm you like... put on a bowler and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I'm rocking. I'm rocking like the old Carmen San Diego... Yes, yeah. ...type of look. Yeah, you're trying, you're trying to blend in. Yeah. And I, I know of a, of a specific person who's usually down there they call him uh frank the zapper what do we know about frank the zapper frank the zapper he well, you, you talk about electrotherapy this this guy has been zapped like about uh five thousand times his lifetime or something uh weird dude very talkative and usually is uh is on the pulse of what's going on in and at least his hooverville and sometimes, like another one or two, that's close enough that he that he gets to uh, every now and again. Okay. Does he know spooks? Um, no, but I I know him um, because I continue to support that community. Does he kind of help you orchestrate those things, or is he just one of the personalities? You know, one of the one of the bigger personalities within the within the community that is just kind of easy to identify and and he's the guy that knows everybody. Yeah, he's just the guy that knows everybody. And I've never really dealt with him directly. I but I of course I'm always listening and especially when I'm visiting at night and dropping off goods and stuff. And I'll continue to stick around and just work the shadows and see what's going on. Okay. So that's that's how I know of him and I'm I'm looking for him specifically. Are you going to try to talk to him directly and, and like question him? If I can find him. Okay. If, if he happens to be there. Yeah. So, you know, it maybe takes you 45 minutes or more. And, and as you're, as you're looking around, you know, there, there are barrel fires and even during the day, there are still barrel fires going. People stuffing their coats with newspaper, trying to keep warm. And, and nobody really seems to pay much attention to you. Nobody's trying to make me. Right. Nobody's trying to make you. And, yeah, after 45 minutes or so of wandering around, um, you you hear Frank. He's standing by a, a barrel fire. And he's telling a story about... Um, about how his dad used to take him hunting up north. Frank, that's what they call you, isn't it? Yeah, friend. Who are you? I'm Joe. Good to meet you, Joe. Frank, you care to uh, play a game? Friendly wager? <laughs> I ain't got nothing to bet with, buddy. I'll, I'll spot you some. Well, who wins? Well, I just like to pass the time. Sure. 
Go ahead. What's your game? Let's play uh, five card draw. You know that one? Yeah. You got a deck? I do. Pull out a standard deck. I give Frank 50 cents in various coins. He goes over and, and sits next to a, a barrel. There's like a an old barrel that's got a couple of beat up stools next to it. He shoes a guy away who's sitting there and he kind of brushes it off and sits down. Have a seat, Joe. All right, you deal. And I'm losing, I'm going to lose on purpose. And, and a couple of times. Okay. First hand goes. He shuffles away, deals cards. How much do you lose to him the first time? A nickel. Okay. And uh, how much do you lose to him the second time? A dime. Seems to be my lucky day. Sure does. He deals a third hand. So uh, what are you about there, Joe? Frank, I know this is a weird question, but a few of our friends have gotten some real weird injuries. Have you seen this happening? You know what I'm talking about? Let's, uh... He starts kind of looking over one shoulder, looking over the other shoulder. Uh, how many cards you want? I'll, I'll take, uh... I'll take two. Give me two cards. Joe, uh... This might not be the, uh... This might not be the best place to be, uh... Probably shouldn't talk about this in the open. Yeah, yeah. What, what was I thinking? I'm, I'm sorry. I got. I just got carried away with our conversation. Um, I mean, it's it's been it's been pretty dangerous, man. It's been it's been pretty dangerous. Hey, when was the last time that you had a meal? Well, I I ate this morning. You did? Yeah, I got a little soup. You want to you grab a coffee or something? Talk about this somewhere else? Or just take a walk, maybe? Yeah, let's, uh... Yeah, tell you what. Um... Yeah, let's go for a walk. That's a good idea. Let's go for a walk. I grab my cards. He finishes the hand. How much do you lose to him in the third hand? Another 15 cents. It's my lucky day, Joe. Tell you what, uh... Let's go get a soda, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Frank, that sounds real good. I mean, it's the least I can do for the guy that, uh... You know, just gave all his money away. (laughs) (laughs) And he... Gets up. And... Starts leading you out of the camp. Alright. You know, you guys get away from... the, The main population of people, and... There's a few little shanties around you, but you're... You know, you're mostly isolated and alone, and he's got you walking off down the riverbank a little bit and kind of starts making his way up into the tree line. And he's not walking next to you. He's kind of walking in front of you. So, uh, so, Joe, who are you? I mean, it's not it's not just anybody that comes down here just asking these kind of questions. 
Who are you? Frank, that's a fair question. Let me just say I'm a friend. Can we leave it at that? Sure. I could always use more friends. Sure. So, uh, why do you care? I've been close to some people that lived in this Hooverville. That's fair. I mean, because I know you don't live here. I've never, you know, I've never seen you around here. But, uh, that doesn't make you a bad person. That's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to accuse you of anything. Frank, I got people I'm looking after. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Okay. Okay. I feel like you know something. That's why I came to you. You know you know everything that's going on around here. Well, you know, I uh I keep my ears open. You got the gift of gab, my friend. Yeah, I like to I like to know what's going on around me, just uh so that I know where I should be and where I shouldn't. It's been uh it's been a tough road to hoe for a while, but uh this is the first time I've ever really considered finding somewhere else to be. Do you know who's who's doing it? Why they're doing it? I don't have a clue. Have you noticed any patterns? Like it's always on a specific day or always at during a certain time or in certain places? I mean, I can show you where it's been happening. Yeah? Is it safe for us to go there? Well, I mean, it's, it's back it's back in town. It, that's the crazy thing, is that it's just... It's always night. It's pretty much been in the same part of the... In, same part of the ville every, every time. Nobody seems to see anything. Nobody can say how it's happening or, or why it's happening. I came across maybe the third or fourth person that it had happened to, and, and, uh... What did they say happened? They couldn't say anything. (laughs) They were dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looked like... It looked like a big set of hands had taken this guy and just crushed him into a ball. It was the most grotesque, disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. So, can I roll to see if the pheromones are kicking in? Yeah, roll d6. Uh, a six. So as you're talking to him, you can kind of see his body language change a little bit. And he seems to be, he seems to be a little more joyful, even though he's telling you about one of the worst if not the worst experience of his entire life but he's he's kind of smiling about it and it's kind of disturbing for you Frank Kazapper I mean guy's been hit with electricity 500 times in his life yeah I mean and that's you know what I mean and maybe that's what you attribute it to Frank if you'd be so kind Take me to uh, take me to the area this is happening while we still got daylight. 
Okay. Whatever you say, Joe. I'm not going in there with you, but I'll show you where it's at. All right. I appreciate that. And he kind of makes this circuitous route up through the woods and back down again. And you guys come out right at the base of the bridge. He walks you through the shanties and up the riverbank under the bridge and over to the other side. The shanty town has kind of grown up the hill and in, into the woods on the other side of the river or on the other side of the bridge. And he walks you several hundred yards up river and then stops and just kind of points up into the woods. It's always up there. How frequently has it been happening? They just took one out three nights ago. She was lucky to be alive. Where is she now? I don't know. Gone. Mm. I didn't know her. I mean, it, the word travels fast now. It's not an uncommon thing for, you know, for somebody to hear somebody screaming or, um, you know, to hear a, a loud bang like something fell over around here. It's not an uncommon thing. But uh, after the first few of these, we all pretty much know what they sound like now. I uh, extend my hand to Frank. He reaches out and takes it. And and I got seven successes on slipping him two $1 bills without him noticing. Okay. Yeah, you don't have any trouble doing that. You're, you're pickpocket extraordinaire. Yeah. <laughs> I just slip it in. He doesn't even know. So yeah. he, he, he made $2 and... Um, and 30 cents. $2.80 because of the 50 I gave him to begin with. Oh, that's right. He started with 50. That's right. $2.80. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. good day for, for old Frank. All right. So I want to, you know, I'll head back to like my house or whatever. Okay. Um, get ready as Shadow. And we're going to go for an old fashioned stakeout. Do you come back immediately after dark? No, like the next night. Let's start with a good old covert roll. Six successes. There isn't really anybody in the area to even notice you. You can see some barrel fires down by the, you know, down by the river side. They're all hundred or more yards away through the trees. It's it's not hard for you to stay hidden up here at night. You're an adept climber. I, I assume that you would perch up somewhere high. Yeah. Get a good vantage point and, and see as far as you possibly can around. Do you have something that lets you see in the dark? Yes. The Troubadour has fashioned me a, uh, a pair of goggles with lenses that allow me to um, see a little bit better at night. Can't see great, but I can see a little bit better. Okay. You see a little bit of, you know, nocturnal wildlife. Like I said, you can see the barrel fires, but there's really not much going on for the first several hours that you're there. Roll, is it perception? Yeah, make a perception roll. Six successes. Damn, and you got eight dice in that too. Yeah. Nice. So it's not long after midnight when you hear something that sounds much larger than just what you would think is the you know the normal nocturnal wildlife that would live in and around these woods 
It doesn't sound like footsteps, but it does sound like something's being dragged along the forest floor. Is it close enough to me that I can track it? You could attempt to. You can't see it through the woods, but you can hear the, you know, the crunching of branches and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's make our way to that noise. If possible, uh, I'd like to stay in the tree line as much as I can, like above. Okay. How thickly wooded is this area? With your agility, I don't think you'd have any difficulty making those things happen. You're yeah. you're strong enough. Um, you're agile enough that you could make those jumps, leap, catch yourself, you know, legolas your way through some of the trees. Right. First, let's make... Okay, are you more interested meta? Is it more important that you stay in the trees, or is it more important that you stay hidden? Because I'm going to make you make two rolls, and depending upon how you answer this question will depend on which of those two rolls you get a penalty against. Got it. Uh, I want to... I want to be above. Okay. I, I don't know that I want to be on the ground yet. So I, I, it's more important to me that I'm above versus completely hidden. Okay. So first, make an agility roll. Okay. Oh, my God. One. One success. On eight dice, one on eight success? fucking dice, one Oof. success. Oof. Two, oh, five, 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 one, one, three. You hear this sound and it kind of catches you off guard, I think. You're very hyper aware and you are very, I think you become so intent on figuring this out and you hear this sound and you immediately turn and try to make a leap from the branch that you're on and you take two steps and you jump out to the next tree to head off in that direction and instead of landing on your feet on the next large branch um, you hit chest first I mean you're still in the tree it's not like you fell out of the tree but um, you, you misjudged it because it is so dark out and you only have a limited vision um, and you thud chest first into the tree branch across and you're you're holding on what do you do where am I in relation to the noise you're maybe 20 feet closer than you were 15 feet closer than you were alright and am I closer at this point to the ground no, you're still up in the tree. Okay. Um, I'll pull myself up and keep trucking. Okay. Make me another agility roll. You know what? Actually, first, let's yeah. go back. Let's step back. To pull yourself up into the tree, um, I want you to make a might roll first. Oh, might. Uh, one success. Okay, that's enough. You know, you're in shape. It's it's not like you can't do a pull-up. Right. Um, 
but you know what I mean? You, you nearly knocked the wind out of yourself. Um, and you stand up in the tree, you know, you're, you're trying to catch your breath. You're going to stay and, and attempt to get to the next tree from where you are. Um, yeah, I want to, well, I want to continue to follow the dragging, go in the direction of the dragging. Okay. Right. Yeah. But you're yeah. still doing it from the canopy. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah. Roll agility. Uh, two successes. Um, with two successes, I think I think that you're you're able to close the distance. You run down the branch. You make your leap off. You you definitely land on the next one. Um, are you are you trying to you're trying to stay stealthy as you can with this? Is that right? Yeah, as stealthy as I can. Okay, roll covert, but I want it at minus two, please. Uh, one success. One success. It's early springtime, and so it's, it's a little damp at night. Um, but it's also, you know what I mean, trees aren't even really starting to bud yet. And so there's still a lot of grown to the trees themselves because they're still dried out and haven't come back to life necessarily. That green isn't inside of them. So... Um, you're able to keep moving through the canopy, um, but you you didn't anticipate how your footfalls were going to equate to sound amongst the trees themselves. Mm-hmm. So you're making your way there, um, but you're making a lot more noise than you thought you would be. Right. You've closed about half the distance at this point. Do you want to stop or do you want to keep going? No, keep going. Okay, give me another agility roll then. Five successes. I think at this point your eyes have maybe made more of an adjustment to where you are, or maybe there's a break. That's it. There's there's a there's kind of a break in the canopy of the trees, and and there's a little more moonlight here, and so it's easier for you um, to see your footfalls and where you're going to be moving to next. And um, you are bounding through these trees. Um, as you're approaching, I assume you're going to still attempt to do this as stealthily as possible. Yes. Okay. Give me another covert, covert roll, but do it at minus two, please. Uh, three successes. Three. Okay. Um, yeah. So with that moonlight, you're you're able to place your feet a little bit uh, more intently than you did before. Um, so you you are making your way, and you get about two hundred two hundred and fifty yards. The trees are starting to thin out in this area a little bit. And how close would you get? to where the sound was would you attempt to try to get right over the top of it or are you yeah, just I mean, trying to get to the first place where you could maybe see i want to see what it is like that's what i'm trying to to figure out and if it's got somebody with it or you know i'm just trying to figure out what the situation is as far as i know i mean i don't think so but it could just be a you know this could just be a wolf completely unrelated to what i'm looking for i don't know for sure yet i haven't caught up yet i just know it's really big you get a couple hundred yards from where you started and 
you can see two people and they are dragging a cart of some sort. Um, when I say cart, I mean like, um, like a pallet, um, like a makeshift pallet of some sort. And it has a, a mound on it, a covered mound on it. Um, and they are dragging it through the woods um, and appear to be dragging it toward the riverbank. Is it on wheels? No. No, it's, they're just dragging it through the through the ground? Yeah. Um, so, like, they've lifted up one end, and the back end of it, the pallet itself is probably seven or eight feet long. Um, it's probably about two and a half, three feet wide. It's mounded with something, and they are on each side of it at the front, and they have the front of it lifted off the ground, and they are dragging it through the dirt. Am I close enough to use a weapon, a throwing weapon? Yeah. I want to throw a dagger at one of the guys carrying it, but trying to, like, hit, specifically, like, hit his lower leg, his ankle, his foot. Like, not to kill him, but just to, like, harm him and freak him out. Just to incapacitate him and freak him out? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, make a make an agility roll. All right, and then I get the one extra for the dagger, right? You do get the one extra for the dagger. Yes, you do. But you're intentionally doing non-lethal damage. Yes. Uh, three. Yeah, tell me how it happens. I'm up in my vantage point, and I pull out my crazy, like, shiny dagger. Like, I pull it out. Like, the moon glistens off of it for a moment. And I fling it. It's like my vision is otherworldly. Maybe it's the glasses I'm wearing. I'm not sure. But it's like I can pinpoint right in on his ankle. And so I fling the dagger and it uh, it just nails like right on your, just like right on your shin bone. Not shin. What's that little, what's that little bone that comes out of your foot? Your ankle? <laughs> is that what they call it? <laughs> Does that have a different name or is it just the ankle bone? Anyway. I- I'm not a I'm not a doctor. That fucking dagger goes right into the ankle bone. And I'm hoping that he screams and drops the pallet. Oh, he screams. Definitely for sure he screams. Um he screams and yeah, he drops the pallet and falls to the ground um and is rolling around and the other person that is with him, they drop the pallet and come over to see what is wrong with their with the other person that's there with them. All right. Can I uh, t- take an attack on him as well? You certainly can try. What does six successes do to your face? <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what happens. So this Joker bends down to check on his buddy. Hey, dude, what are you doing? What's, hey, man, how, what are you doing? Are you okay? Why'd you drop the pallet? And no, no, uh, sooner than he finishes the sentence, he gets another, he gets a dagger in his, in his shoulder. What's that? What's that bone that comes out of your shoulder? The shoulder blade. He gets, (laughs) (laughs) he gets a dagger right in his shoulder blade and falls to the ground screaming. 
Okay, so there there are now two people screaming, <laughs> laying in the woods, in the same area that the other people that have been screaming over the last several weeks have been being mutilated and tortured and killed in some crazy odd way. Oh, yeah, I didn't really think about that connection. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> um, so it's it's not long after the screaming starts that you, you see uh, about a dozen torches um, and, and a group of people come running from the Hooverville on the riverbank with lit torches in their hands running towards you into the woods. What are you going to do? I'm still up top, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to climb up more and hide. Agility. Give me an agility roll. Uh, three. Uh, give me a covert roll, minus two. One. One covert roll. Yeah. Three agility. Okay, so tell me tell me what happens. Tell me what you do. The crowd is uh the, this crowd of torches is is descending upon the screaming, and I notice uh, a succession of like four different branches is almost like a ladder to me, is how I see it. And so I just um jump and I grab the first branch and I just bound my way up another three or four branches uh, through this natural tree ladder and, uh, and perch uh, on the, on that uh, fourth branch. As you're making your way up, um, you do happen to knock a branch loose and it does come kind of clattering down through the trees, which I think kind of gives you pause and might put a little anxiety around whether you're going to be found out or not. But um, you are pretty high up in the tree, and it's not like they have flashlights. You know, it's it's a dozen or so people running through the woods towards the screams of two people that have some very... Describe your daggers. They're nondescript... Uh, little iron or or silver. I don't, I don't know what would steel. have been the steel. Yeah, steel daggers. Just I just buy them in bulk. Okay. So there's not there's not markings on them. It's not like it's not like your Batman and your batarangs. You know what no. I mean? If somebody was no, to no. find a batarang, they would know for sure that Batman had been there or whatever. Right. No, nothing like that. Okay. Um. So you're just gonna sit and wait and watch. Yeah. Okay, so they make their way into the woods, and the the guy with the one on his shoulder um, has calmed down a bit, and you can overhear as the group gets to them, they seem to know each other. Um, they, you know what I mean. There, there's general concern from the from the group, um, and they pick up the sled. And they're carrying it now instead of dragging it. But half a dozen of them have picked up the sled and they are all walking with the sled through the woods 
while the other two are being helped back into the Hooverville. Were they residents of Hooverville that I just attacked? It seems that way. All right. Well, that was not uh, what I was hoping for. Uh, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drop down to the ground and try and get a closer look and follow in the shadows. Okay. Um, are you trying to be stealthy or are you trying to be agile? I'm trying to be stealthy. Okay. So I want you to roll covert this time with all your dice and then roll agility at minus two. Okay. Uh, all my coverts. Okay, five successes on covert and agility minus two. And five successes on agility. Tell me how you get out of this tree and where you go from there. So I've got like the softest, like the softest, most gentle hands, but they're very strong. And so when I recognize that I got to get down, I like take a jump, like a, like a jump from the top branch and kind of do a swan dive, but I grab onto the branch below it. And then I twirl around it like, uh, like in the Olympics. And, uh, so you're on the parallel bar Oh, on the parallel bars. I'm like twirling around it and I do like a two quarter flip. And then I land like a ballerina in a plie. And all you really hear is, is just a, a little brushing of leaves. Okay. <laughs> How very agile of you. Your, your ballet classes have paid off. Yeah. Um, so you're, keeping your distance while still keeping track of the group as they make their way through the wood. And they get, um, how far behind them are you? Would you say? Um, 20 yards, 30, like timeout, like from a real perspective, like jazz has no idea about time and space relations. Okay. Um, if you're standing in your front yard, are they, Uh, Like halfway down the street. Halfway down the street. Okay. They get maybe 50 or 60 yards from the edge of the woods. And with your night vision, it's not like infrared. No. Right? No, it's like a, it's like a certain kind of lens. You know how like, um. So it's like a cat eye lens. Yeah. You know, like it just filters in more light. Right. Okay. So, so instead of being like a, a grayscale, like a real deep grayscale, you, you actually, you're, it's like you're in a low light situation. Yeah. Like it's, it's like black and white, you know, the lights are a little brighter. And so that helps kind of paint the picture what's happening. Okay. You see one of them from the middle of the group raise up into the air violently fast. I mean, very, very quickly. Like they shoot up off the ground and their torch goes flying and their arms and legs are flailing and um, they have no control. They scream as they fly directly up into the tree line. 
What? I came on the ground for this? Cut out a front row view. Um, Just like it seemed like randomly or they weren't like circled around him or anything like that. Like they knew he was going to be the one to go up. No, they were they were all making their way back to the riverbank um, to go back into the into the Hooverville. And one of them just seems to be plucked out of the middle of the group and screaming goes flying up into the tree line. What do you do? I'm going towards the towards where he was taken. Okay, so you're going to rush towards the group? Yeah. Okay. They all start to scatter. And they're all yelling and and running in opposite directions. And they scatter. Are you trying to move fast or are you trying to stay hidden? No, I'm trying to move fast at this. Okay, give me an agility roll. Let's see how fast you're moving. Uh, three successes. Okay. Tell me how you make your way and where you end up. So I'm on the ground. They're like half a half a block in front of me. Um, dude just got whipped up into the air. I just charge middle without saying a word. I'm just like a... But I run with my feet, uh, my arms and, and feet like an animal. Like big strides on all fours. Okay. Almost to give the impression like I, I could be a panther or something. If I can get to it, like I want to end up exactly where the guy got taken. Okay. Yeah. Um, it does not take you long at all to close the distance between you and where that guy got flung up into the air. And you can still hear him screaming. And it's loud. And then you hear a snap and another snap. And the screams become... They become much more shrill, much more pain instead of fear. Uh, roll a perception roll. Two. In another couple of seconds, the screams of this man start barreling toward you. As if instead of going up, he is now coming down. And you hear another couple of sickly snaps. And the screams stop. Is he falling? He's, well, that's what you had assumed. And you look up and you can see him falling in your direction. Not exactly, you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to fall and hit you. You have time to move out of the way. or I mean, he's not headed in a direct path for you. But you can see that he is coming down out of the tree line toward the ground. All right. Is, is there like, uh, is, is this like an open spot, like beyond the forest or is it, is, or is it still in the woods? You're still in the forest. So can I climb up trees, like try and reclimb to see what the hell is it that might've taken him? Yes, you can do that. Okay. That's what I would like to attempt to do. Roll agility. <laughs> Eight successes. Are you trying to stay covert or do you care at this point? I don't care at this point. Okay. Tell me how you get up, where you get up and where you, where you end up, please. I would just climb and climb until I saw something or I could not get any further up or I was at the top of the trees. Cause I don't know exactly what I'm looking for. 
I just like start in a just in a frenzy, like almost driven by raw emotion and instinct, just grabbing branch after branch after branch. Every single time I ascend a level, I, I'm I'm looking around, and if I'm not seeing anything, I just keep moving and just keep moving. You very quickly get about 40, 50 feet up into this tree, um, and some of these are pretty big old growth trees. You know what I mean? You've you've seen some of the you know some of the woods that are left to grow along riverbanks, and you you get up into this tree and you really don't see anything and you start making a perimeter um, around as quickly as you can um, through the trees very deftly and you're and you're looking and you're searching and you're listening but you're still moving very very quickly and you're making a wider perimeter and a wider perimeter and you're trying to find some sort of clue as to what this is or how this happened and after several minutes you get at least three or four hundred yards out from the Hooverville itself and up the hill and you hear the rumble of a motorcycle and it you know what I mean and, and that rumble of, a, of the start of a motorcycle okay and it very quickly revs up and takes off back toward the city of Detroit. Is there any way for me to follow it? No. That's where we're going to end. Yeah. God damn. I can't believe I... Wait, can I can I arrange for medical help for the two homeless guys? <laughs> of course. Through of course daggers at, and also, what was on the pallet? Um... Various supplies. Oh, um, I totally misread that. <laughs> some blankets, some food, some firewood. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had a feeling that you might do that, so I was kind of being tricky and and trying to get you to do something um, that would spark something like that. But you never know. You know, I didn't know if you would try to investigate or if you were just going to go in and just get them. And you went in and got them. God dang it. Yeah, I want to um, arrange for their medical treatment and also make sure that they each got like a a couple, like three bucks extra slipped on them. Okay. That's no problem. Gary and and John. um, They get they get stitches. Um, you see to it and make sure that they get they get taken care of. They don't they don't die of gangrene. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> um. So the sable they they rode a motorcycle, right? Yeah, and they had the ability to like teleport things. Or like, it is very similar to something you watched them do to that robot. Yes. Hey, everybody! It's your favorite superhero GM, Duke. 
at Invisible Duke on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for joining us tonight. I I cannot wait for you guys to hear what happens when we get the group back together. If you remember, they captured Frenzy at the end of the last group episode before these last two. And a lot of things... Well, it gets real exciting. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We are always so grateful for all of the free clicks that we get, the shares, the follows, all of those things. So please keep doing that and help us get the word out about what we're doing. Um, I am, as always, so happy and proud to be part of this TTRP Theater family. If you haven't checked out any of our other shows, please go out and do it. We're hopeful that DNDDT can make a return soon. This COVID-19 pandemic has got them separated um, as they maintain physical distance from each other currently. Beth and her crew are killing it right now with the story that they're telling. Please check them out on Wednesday nights. I'm so happy and proud to be part of the Long Strange Trip game that we play on Friday nights. Henry D. Green gets to make the occasional appearance there, and it's always so much fun to play with all of them. If you want to find any of our other content, check it out on our YouTube page. Everything we've ever done for the last almost year. Oh my God, it's been almost a year. Uh, For the last year, uh, it's available on our YouTube page. Come to our Discord channel. Check that out. Um, We're always there being silly, sharing memes. Thanks again to my players. Old friends of mine, I'm so, so happy that we do this. It really is so enjoyable for all of us, and I can't wait for you guys to hear where they take it moving forward. Um, We had a really great session not long ago, and I'm super excited to get that stuff out there for you all. Oh, uh, Jaylee, um, she and several of our regular cast members are starting a new podcast project called Four PCs in a Podcast. Um, It's a dungeon world game, and if you become a patron on our Patreon, you can end up as an NPC. If you have a spare buck or two um, and want to help us continue this crazy project that we started, um, please uh, check us out on Patreon, TTRP Theater. Okay, so I keep saying that I'm going to script this and then I don't do it because I'm a procrastinator. I'll go with an old standard. Wash your fucking hands. Good night. anything else i'm just glad to play the game with you guys it it's so fun. well yeah yeah it's so fun and it's so fulfilling and it just makes me fucking laugh yeah me too